Now that we've had a little bit of time to digest the Sun Devils win over Washington State this past Saturday, we're going to break down everything that happened, the good, the bad, and hand down some game balls in this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thanks, as always, for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. You can stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter. You can find me at richiebrad 36 the podcast as well, at LO underscore Sun Devils. Before we get started... Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Prize Picks. Man, we haven't gotten to do this in a minute. The Sun Devils beat Washington State on Saturday night, 38 27 final. And quite frankly, they handled this game. For the entirety. Never surrendered the lead. They made the most of the offensive opportunities they had. They played pretty solid defense. Not great defense. It was one of their worst performances of the year defensively. But they still did a good job limiting Cam Ward for the most part. Special teams. It's up and down. Like there was a missed field goal. But there was a made field goal. Like we'll, we'll talk about it. But yeah. It felt good to get back in the win column. Arizona State finally uh, finally figuring that out, sitting at 2-6 and six on the air. So if they went out, don't worry. They're still not bowl eligible. Thank you, Ray Anderson, for that. There's a lot to digest from this game, and a lot more good than there is bad. And that's the way we're going to break it down. You know, We'll start talking about the good. We'll talk about some of the bad things, and then we'll do some takeaways, and we'll hand out some game balls for the first time since, like, I think our first game was August 31st. So since early September, it's going to feel good. We'll go ahead and start with the good that came out of this game. And quite frankly, it's the run game. Look, I, I talked about how the the run game was so much better than it actually was compared to statistically what you would look, right? The Sun Devils averaging under four yards of carry. The Sun Devils averaging, I think it was like 80-something yards per game at the time, like People would look at that and they'd be like, wow, Sun Devil's run game is really, really bad. And it's like, no, it's not. It's actually pretty good. It's it's not completely accurate to what you would expect to see out of this rushing attack. They've got more than enough quality players here. And that was something that was very evident against Washington State. And look, I understand the caveat of, ooh, Washington State doesn't have a good run defense. You're absolutely right. They were 11th coming into this game. So this is a game that you were supposed to be able to run the football well, but you did. You did exactly that, and you did it in a very, very promising way on the day. uh, 39 total carries, 235 yards, and five touchdowns. Five. Five touchdowns on the ground, including a hat trick from the Carlos Brooks. It was a stellar performance all the way around. They were getting a little bit of everyone involved. Elijah Badger had four carries. Caleb Black had two carries. 
Uh, you saw an appearance from Tevin White, two carries for six yards. Trenton Bourget had a handful of carries, including the couple of rushes, I think is what you can kind of call it, towards the end of the game just to get him out of the end zone. They did everything they wanted to do. They had big runs. They had quality runs. Cameron Scadaboo had a 66-yard scamper, which was the longest of the year, and also the Sun Devils' first run of 20-plus yards on the season. We hadn't had one previously, so that felt pretty good to finally get that. They did whatever they wanted to on the ground, and they spread it out very, very well. They were, they were just doing everything that they wanted to do averaging right at six yards of carry. I want to say it's like 5.9 something, but they did it. They did everything that they wanted to do in this game. And you have to be so happy with that kind of production out of them. You're hoping that that's going to be a continued trend for this team. There's, there's more than enough talent here between Scadaboo, between Brooks, Kyson, Tevin, what you get Elijah Badger involved with. You've got the talent here. I would anticipate this is going to be something that we see more moving forward, but we'll talk about that more towards the end of the show. Another one of the big positives was something that I had done my best to manifest, and that was a good game from Jalen Connors. I don't know if you would necessarily call it a breakout game, but four catches, 90 yards, including a 50-yard long with just that Classic my ball mentality that we've seen out of corn. Like he he was a stud. Corn was going crazy in this game. Hopefully that's going to be a continued trend because if Conyers is able to get going, I really like what you're gonna potentially see out of him down the road. Really good player, somebody who's just struggled to be able to make a consistent impact, but he he made a consistent impact in this game. Loved what you saw out of him. Obviously, you love what you got out of Elijah Badger with 78 total yards on eight touches, including a rushing touchdown. Yeah, the offense just looked good, and Trent Borgay did a very good job uh, managing the game. He did a really good job doing what he needed to do. Went 19 of 26 for 274 yards, no touchdowns, no turnovers, more than good enough. At this point, we're not really expecting Trenton Borgay to be thrown two touchdowns a week. We'd be happy with a score out of him. But when he's just facilitating the game, not turning the ball over and making sure that everything is running smoothly, you have to you have to be happy with that. Offensive line played really well in this game. I thought the play calling was pretty rock solid. So they did a really good job and they were converting on third downs pretty well. Eight of eleven on third downs really doesn't get too much better than that, man. That's that's pretty stellar. Converting on about 70 something percent of your third down conversions, big A plus for me. And I thought the defense did a pretty good job in this game. It wasn't perfect. We'll talk about that a little more in a minute, but they did a good job making Cameron Ward uncomfortable in the pocket. He had to roll out several different times. Uh, he had to take off several different times on the night. He had 12 carries. Three of those were sacks, 35 yards. He did score twice on the ground, but again, we'll talk about that in a little bit. They, I thought they did a good job just finding a way to keep Cameron Ward off balance. And that's really a lot to ask for out of your team. When you talk about a guy that is just so incredibly crafty and creative and somebody who can do those off schedule plays and everything, Cameron Ward is a very good quarterback. So what you were able to do against him 
is I, 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 here's the thing. Statistically, you wouldn't call it outstanding and I wouldn't call it outstanding either, but I do think that they played a good game against Cameron Ward. I'm curious what you guys think though. Like leave a comment, let me know so we can have a conversation about it. But overall, I would say that the defensive performance as an entirety was pretty good. This was just a game where there were far more good things to be taken compared to the bad things. It was it was a game that gave you a lot of hope and a game that you're going to look back on and say, yeah, this was this was the moment that we knew they could win football games, that we knew they could win close football games because we hadn't seen that previously. We didn't win against Washington when it was a close game. We didn't win against USC in a close game. We didn't win against Cal. We didn't win against Colorado. Like, you had a lot of frustrating close losses, but this was the first game that you were able to close the door, slam it shut, and get that win in the win column. And that is so beyond important for your team to be able to continue building upon that kind of momentum moving forward. This is a good win for the team. I'm really happy. And like I said, I think there was a lot of good to be taken from this win. Got to talk to you guys about our friends over at Athletic Brewing because it's time for them to give you the game changer of the week because a lot like Elijah Badger and what he does at the receiver position, Athletic Brewing has changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that taste good. Look, you watch Elijah Badger play, you see number two, and there's a lot of things you see in common. He catches the ball really well. He makes plays once the ball is in his hand, and he finds his way into the end zone one way or another. Similar to how Elijah Badger is changing the way that the Sun Devils play football, Athletic Brewing is changing the non-alcoholic beer game. Their brews are great tasting and award-winning and beat out full-strength beers in global competitions with over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beers, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. And they constantly have limited edition experimental types to add to their variety. They're fit for all times. And of course, there's no hangovers ever. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use the code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your order online. That's code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions, and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Also want to talk to you about our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, patience. It's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're in the speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because of the eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply, eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Thanks as always, guys, for tuning in. Wherever you get those podcasts, hit like, subscribe. Turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. And I also got to recommend you guys to the Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Every Friday, Locked On is going live at 11 a.m. Eastern on every single Locked On College YouTube channel, including this one. 
College Football Kickoff Live covers playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and goes in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern on any and all Locked On College YouTube channels. You won't want to miss it. Guys, I tune into it too. It is outstanding, the work that those guys put together. You got to check it out. Seriously, I recommend it myself. Let's go ahead and get back into our conversation. Flip the script to the bad things that went down in this game. And look, I, I think there was very minimal that you could say about this game that wasn't good. So we'll go ahead and start with the one that stands out, and that's the penalties. Arizona State committed nine penalties on the night for 72 yards. It wasn't the prettiest game by any stretch of the imagination. For what it's worth, Pac-12 officiating was just awful in that game. At the end of the first half, you had Jalen Conyers catch a pass. Uh, they ruled him down. Or it, initially, they ruled it a catch and fumble that was recovered by ASU. Then they ruled him down. Then they had to review that it was a catch. Then they had to figure out where they were going to spot the ball, and they had to decide if it was going to be a running clock. And like It was just a disaster. Thankfully, Arizona State was able to get what they needed out of that and then move forward from there. Then you talk about towards the end of the of the second half, towards the end of the game, Cameron Ward had a pass that was batted down, hit the ground, popped up, Ward caught it, ran down the sidelines, was marked out of bounds. There was a late hit on him and it, it was a disaster. And these refs were just not stopping this game. Absolutely miserable. We talk about how bad Pac-12 officiating is every week because it is miserably bad. But this was one of the biggest examples of just how terrible they can be at their jobs. It, it was so dreadfully bad. But even still, committing nine penalties, no matter how good or bad they are, is still committing nine penalties. 72 yards is almost the length of the football field. You're putting Washington State in a position where they might be able to mount a comeback in this game. So you need to find a way to play cleaner football. This isn't necessarily a team that's undisciplined like we saw in the Herm Edwards era. They're playing pretty good football. They are doing a good job minimizing penalties for the most part. You just need to start to get to a point where you're able to lessen that. We've had those games, right, where it's five or less penalties. This just wasn't one of those games. Like, it... It is what it is. It's one of the bads from this game. I'm not sitting here calling it a consistent problem, but for this game, it wasn't great. One of the other things that I kind of want to talk about is Cameron Ward. Like, he had a solid day. I think the Sun Devils did a good job maintaining for the most part. If you wanted to nitpick, they got to find a way to finish those sacks. Like, they, they kept Ward so off balance in that game but they only brought him down three times. And there was like, there was a handful of others that could have gone down as a sack. Uh, Deshaun Mallory had a play that was wiped out by a holding penalty on row Torrance. So they should have had four sacks. I feel like they should have had more than that. But again, it's a testament to how good Cameron Ward is. Like you can't just beat down on this defense because they weren't able to bring down one of the most elusive quarterbacks in the conference. Like, it is what it is. It, it it truly is nitpicking, in my opinion. The three touchdowns you allowed to him, that sucks. Two of them were runs. That also sucks. You got to find 
that quarterback contain a little bit more to keep Ward out of the end zone as a runner. Because if you're doing the job through the air, you need to at the same time maintain it on the ground. Uh, Washington State was just not a very good running team in general, but they ran the ball very, very well in this game, well over four yards per carry. And that's with Cameron Ward being sacked three times. Like 21 carries, 88 yards for them. Ward was nine carries for probably at least 50 yards or something like that. Uh, Nakia Watson, their leading runner, seven carries, 30 yards. They didn't run the ball a lot, but when they did, they did find decent success. Again, I feel like a nitpick with that kind of stuff. The one thing that is important, the turnovers. They, we got four of them last week, didn't get any this week. Look, man, you just, it's so important to be able to force turnovers on a consistent basis. You're going to have weeks where you don't get any, for sure. But the Sun Devils have only had two games with turnovers this year. And the the first game against USC was a botch snap. So you had four last week against Washington. Other than that, you have six games where you didn't force a turnover, seven games where you didn't get lucky with a turnover. It's got to change, man. You've got the players to do it. You need to start getting that figured out, especially with two-thirds of the season gone. You have four games left. Got to find a way to get those turnovers, interceptions, strip sacks, whatever it is. It's one of the reasons why they haven't been able to win those close games. You get a turnover against Cal. I think you win that game. You get a turnover against Colorado. You win that game. You get a turnover against, well, you almost beat Washington. If you can find a way to get a turnover against Oklahoma State, I think you might have won that game too. These close games come down to so many tiny little factors, but not forcing those turnovers has been a massive, massive factor for the team. I've tried not to talk about it every week because I don't want to feed a fed horse here, but that is the situation that you find yourself in. When you don't force the turnovers, you get to a point where you're going to be losing a lot of football games. And that's what's happened to the Sun Devils this year. That wasn't the case in Washington State, but thankfully the rest of the team was able to step up so that you didn't necessarily get punished for the for the defense not being able to force any turnovers. They did a good enough job with Cameron Ward. The offense played well. They got the win, and that's all that matters. Want to talk to you guys about our friends over at Price Fix. Price Fix is the most fun that I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. It's so much fun for daily fantasy, and it's super easy. Pick two or more players over or under on the projected stats and place your entry. Seriously, take a look at Patrick Mahomes. Did you say he was going to throw more than 250 yards or less than 250 yards this week? What about Tyreek Hill? Did you have him for 100 yards? Did you have him for under 100 yards? What did you do for, oh man, Derrick Henry? Like, Pick some of the biggest players that you can think of overs and unders for their stats, place the entry and win some money. They also have Apple pay now for quick and easy deposits into your account. This football season. It's so much fun. It's so easy with weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like taco Tuesday. That's tomorrow. Each Tuesday price picks discounts, select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Again, Go to pricefix.com slash locked on college and use the promo code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Price fix daily fantasy sports made easy.
one more time wherever you get your podcast hit like subscribe turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content quick update for you tomorrow will be a double header we will have one episode in the morning one episode in the evening episode in the morning is going to be covering football episode in the evening is going to be covering basketball basketball is coming up next wednesday tomorrow will be kind of my overall preview still got to do football because there's a lot to talk about with the football team so doing a double header tomorrow to make sure that we still get some basketball involved this week but gonna be a busy week on locked on sun level so turn on those notifications guys let's go ahead and wrap this up with a couple of takeaways and some game balls to hand out i really have just two big takeaways here the first is the run game it is so much better than anyone was going to give it credit for and i'm so happy that we got to see them flourish this week because there's so many good things to take away from the way they ran the football they ran hard they ran fast they found the end zone run game's good do not let a box score tell you how good or bad the run game is for arizona state there are times where it's deceptive and this is one of the times arizona state has run the football very well the last 10 years at least like you've had several thousand yard rushers You've had guys that are Pac-12 players, or all Pac-12 players, excuse me, all honorable mentions. Like, there's been no shortage of talent here. That's no different this year, especially with the Carlos Brooks back in the fold. Like, they're doing such a great job running the football. And now that everything seems to be back in place and healthy, and you've got the offensive line getting beefed up too, like, this feels like a, a rushing attack that's going to take off the last four games of the year. If I had to make a bold prediction right now, I will tell you the last four games, they will have at least 100 rushing yards in each of the four games combined. I'm not saying Scadaboo is going to get 100, 100 yards in every game. I'm not going to say anyone else is. I think in total, you get 100 yards in each of the last four games. Seems very attainable. Got to credit the offensive line, too. They're They're playing good football despite the injuries. Like, you've got a lot of guys that are doing next man up mentality. Isaiah Glass has been solid. Lee Fontanu has been great. Joey Ramos is playing hard. They're doing a good job with what they have. Other takeaway here is that ASU is capable of winning games that are close and against quality opponents. We've seen it this year, man. There's toss-ups. You're two, two wins right now. You potentially, you're not, I'm not saying you're winning all of these. I'm saying that based off of how close you were, there was an opportunity. Oklahoma State, USC, Colorado, uh, what was I, uh, Washington. That's four games that were like toss-ups for you. So you're talking about flipping your your record from two and six to six and two. They just haven't found a chance to be able to do that. This was one of the instances where they found a way to do it. Cal was another close game for you. I think I said Cal. I can't remember if I said Cal. There have been nothing but close games except for the Fresno State game where you were shut out. Other than that, man, like, you're right there. This was this was their chance to show that they are, in fact, capable. And they did it. So however many games you win this year, 
maybe you run the table and finish year six and six. Maybe you don't win another game and you end the year two and 10. Whatever it is, I anticipate them to play close in every single one of those games. And what I'm really, really happy about is that you have found a way to be in every single game and you have found a way to win those games. That's one of the most exciting parts about this is the Sun Devils showed they can win these football games. That's great. Let's wrap it up with some game balls. Come on. It's it's probably the most fun that we get to do when we do have our our winning teams and our close wins, our big wins, whatever. First one to Carlos Brooks. DeCarlos Brooks, 11 carries, 67 yards, so over six yards a pop. Three touchdowns for a little hat trick from the transfer running back from Cal. Played a very good game. He was one of the biggest difference makers upon his return last week to the team against Washington. He was really important the first two weeks for the team. This guy is just thunder to Cameron Scadaboo's thunder. It's just power, power, power. And you really got to really enjoy the Carlos Brooks experience on Saturday night. That's my first game ball without question. No question at all. Second game ball. I can't highlight just one guy here. So I'm going to give it to the entire offensive line. Lee Fontana was actually identified as one of the uh, Pac-12 offensive linemen of the week. I think it was the interior offensive lineman of the week. Bottom line, he's playing great, man. Really happy with what Fontana's done. But I highlighted other guys. You know, Isaiah Glass has done solid this year. Uh, you got good play out of Joey Ramos. You're you're getting guys that are stepping up right now. And with them keeping Trenton Borgay clean, for the most part, he definitely had to scramble. But for the most part, they did a good job. Didn't allow a sack. They carved out a run game that was averaging well over five yards of carry. They did everything right that they needed to do right in this game. Great effort all the way around. Have to love them. Game ball split amongst all of them. I'm not going one guy in particular because they all played well as a unit. Last game ball that I'm handing out, I'm going BJ Green here. BJ has been great all year. It was no different in this game. A sack and a half, two and a half tackles for loss. He was great. The pass rush in general did a good job in spite of only, only having three sacks in this game. Clayton Smith. Got his first full sack of the year. Also had another half sack that he split with B.J. Green, bringing his total to two on the year. Prince Dorbaugh didn't get a sack, but he did have two more tackles for loss. Deshaun Mallory played well, but I am going to go ahead and highlight B.J. Green here because just like we've seen every week, he's just a monster, dude. He's so, so disruptive. I was talking with one of my buddies about this. I'm going to throw it out to you guys, and I want to know what you think. This This comparison is... Definitely a lot more to do with the physique of BJ Green, but Melvin Ingram. Let me know what you guys think about that. I don't know how I feel about it, but it crossed my mind the other day and I didn't hate it. Let me know what you guys think. Who are you giving game balls out to? How did you think we performed in this game? Do you think we're going to win another game? Let me know in the comments. You can hit me up on Twitter as well. You can find me at RichieBrads36 and the podcast at LO underscore Sun Levels. But as always, guys, thanks for tuning in. Wherever you get your podcast, hit like, subscribe, turn on those notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. Again, we're doing two episodes tomorrow. 
football in the morning, basketball in the afternoon slash evening. I will see you guys then. Until then, you keep it locked right here on Locked.